Oh. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the Big Blue United Podcast. My name is TJ, and I'm here with Dan and Colin, as usual. Um, how are we feeling, guys? You have to call your therapist at all this week, or no. you hang it in there? Nope, nope. It was, uh, I mean, Feel it was fine. good. I, it, it was unfortunate that the, the game went the way it did, but it, I don't know, in, in compared to years past, I don't know, it maybe took an hour for me to be like, all right, okay, back to it. Joe, Shane's got a lot of work to do. Let's go. Indeed yeah, yeah. This one didn't didn't really hurt. Um, from the first Eagles possession, could sort of tell that there was no stopping this, and the the we were just outmatched. So it wasn't a fun watch, but it also wasn't painful. I don't think. Mm. I think it was just a uh, a pretty good wake up call, you know, for all the the fun we've been having all season. Sort of just a a bit of a reality check, which which is good. I think in the long term. I think Dable put it best when he said it was a crash landing. That is exactly the perfect way but, to describe what occurred. But that yeah. almost sounds like he expected it. That, and that's what's odd about that kind of phrase. Like it, it did look like, well, and some people were saying on, on, on Twitter or whatever, that it seemed like, what did they do all week? What, how are they preparing for this? They were preparing, but I guess the players just stink in comparison. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe the trainer who was working on um, Darnay Holmes's thigh in London. Maybe he was just like in high demand that week for everybody. They're busy. They got... <laughs> I don't know. I, this is part of sort of an overarching thing that I want to talk about, but maybe we address it now before we get into the game. Not that there's much to talk about, but you know, the crash landing thing implies that he sort of knew they were, you know, flying sort of above what was expected but it also to me is interesting um in relation to like the feedback they gave after the vikings game about daniel jones both him and kafka were like yeah he played a good game it's a good game they no one was like oh he's the man that's why he he leads the team they're like very like slow playing it and then daniel jones after this game sort of being very non-committal about where he stands with the team sort of uh just like, you know, we'll see what happens when it happens. Uh, it's been good. Uh, I think there's a level of like, um, I don't know, re- uh, something based in, in in some like sober reality of what the team actually is that um, gets blown out of proportion by the media a bit. And there's some more, you know, grounded thinking uh, happening on the team than, than we realize. But uh, we... I think it's it's something that we overlooked in the excitement of the playoffs. Yeah, I, no, I think you... uh, I think when you if you watch the presser, Shane was like he acknowledged that there was a, a a gap in talent between you know teams like the Giants and the Eagles or other you know the higher tier teams. So I mean, obviously that's like apparent to everyone with eyes, but it's nice to hear like your GM say it just straight up. Like we're we need to improve. We need better players on the roster. We were hamstrung by our salary cap, but you know, we're in a better position coming into next yeah. year and, you know, 53.7 million cap space. We call and shared this with us today. And, you know, when, when they cut Galladay, that'll give them another, uh, you know, almost 7 million in savings plus whoever else is jettisoned afterwards. So, I mean, they're set up, they're set up for success in the future. And I mean, I guess the first real question I could ask you guys is like, you know, I, I, I was re- listening to Francesca and he said that, <laughs> Uh, 
because of the way that the Giants lost the game, it, it put a stain on the on the season. Oh, his head Which, is so far up. I couldn't disagree hand. with more. Yeah. I was just curious to hear what your guys' thoughts on that was. Well, he's 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 a load of of garbage, hot air. That I'm so glad he's not in the forefront of uh, at least regular radio. I don't even know who searches idiot. him out and finds out what he thinks at this point. He's an old dinosaur, and I, I don't care about that. It's whatever. I mean, he he grew up under Parcells, so he knows a thing or two. Did you see that clip that uh, Awful Announcing put out about him? Just like talking about how he claims to be basically like front office and and like in with coaches and could essentially run a football program. Oh yeah, uh, he said it over the years. Anyway, um, no, I think he's he's totally wrong. I, I feel like again, if you have a realist perspective on this team and you can see the evident talent disparity uh, in this game, there's just there's no matching up. The Eagles and the Giants just cannot match up currently. Um, I think this was sort of, they made, this is the best case scenario for winning as much games as they did with a roster that they had. Right. So they got into the playoffs. They, they beat a team. They should have beaten the Vikings, probably a more talented team, but that's again, like we were saying uh, to credit of the coaching staff and what they built, you know, with the chemistry and culture of the team. Um, and then they got smacked down by a team that's vastly more talented. Um, and it sort of shows you – it sort of gave them a very good idea, I think, of where they are in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, they can compete and be interesting, but they're still a long ways away from making a true run at it. Um, and arguably, this is exactly what this team needed. I know that sounds insane, like, oh, losing in the playoffs is not what anyone yeah. needs. But if they won this game, I think it would have sent a uh, an inflated sense of um, – of success and complacency, not complacency, but like feeling a little bit better with the roster than you probably should. And this is like the crashing down to earth, like Dable said. But I think if you take a long-term look, it's better than it's better than lose this way with this roster than even play this game close and it'd be like a one score game Mm. because that would give the false illusion that they're closer than they actually are. This was like, this is, you know, to me just, there's no, there's no way to argue it. They would have never won this game, like no way around it. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of, lot of players, free agents that are that are very replaceable. But you know, just looking in the context of, of who they are on this team, and and they are kind of have overinflated value. I think in a lot of Giants fans' minds, and I think sure. you know, coming back to your point there of being brought down back to earth, it, it's it's good because you know you don't want to end up overpaying dudes like Richie James when you can get somebody else. Uh, off the street, you know, who's equal or better than him, probably for, you know, equal or less money yep. to some degree. I mean, there are some guys that are leaving that I would love to see back, but I think that, you know, a great example of this is a guy like Julian Love, who is a free agent this year, who we all love. But in the context of the greater scheme in the NFL, like, you know, he's an average starter in the league. Yep. So it's like we want him back because, you know, we have a personal attachment to him. But I think, you know, another thing Shane said in the press conference is, you know, take a step back and remove your emotion from it because it's a business decision. So, you know, I think that they're in a good place, you know, to be making smart decisions. Um, and, and I think if anything from this season is that the Giants have a huge W just because we have a head coach and we have a front office who, you know, is is competent, it would seem at least now, Um I mean, it's been like a decade since, you know, I, I've had any confidence going into an offseason. So, mm. I mean, despite the fact that you lost, you lost terribly. Um, I, I couldn't be more thrilled with really how the season went. And, and I think anyone who's a Giants fan should should feel the same way and keep their head up high and be proud of, you know, what this team accomplished with the players that were on it.
because yeah. the coaching was not nothing short of remarkable in my opinion. Yeah, yeah and you had the usual uh, knee-jerk morons on on you know the interwebs today the, uh, or the last. Uh, um, which I, I get the the knee jerk aspect of things, but like take it back a little bit and like like look at how this season actually went. This was supposed to be not even sniffing at the playoffs even a little bit. And yeah, would you like a little better of a draft position? Sure, but I think this was such a big boost in everybody's uh, general confidence in this new change uh, to the new regime. That yeah, it's it's only a building block going forward. Yeah, I agree that that's what I meant about like, like winning as much as we did. This is, if we're going to win, like this was the best way to do it. Um, but if you, if you like separate yourself from the wins and the the thrill of the playoffs and you stick about it from like you were saying, Colin, like a new coaching staff, a new turnover everywhere, basically the giants had, uh, you know, cash salary second lowest to the bears this year. They're spending the least amount of money on the active roster. The amount of dead money on the, on the books was astronomical. So that they were making the most of very little, um, and succeeded so far, which to me is a uh, sort of unbelievably successful foundation moving forward. Like, mm-hmm. like we're, we're all saying we're confident in the front office, but I think in the building, you know, everyone in the building, every staff member, cafeteria person, you know, across the board is it's like bought in likes what's happening. The players like what's happening. I think players talk to each other and free agents, people that are in the league looking to make jumps, are no longer like I would never go play for Joe judge and Dave Gettleman to being like, that'd be a sick place to land. Cause they're either a gonna, <clears throat> they're going to figure out how I work best. And if they want me, they're going to utilize me and they're going to accentuate what I'm good at. Um, and people seem to have fun. You know, we were talking about the chemistry and the sidelines. People seem to like each other a lot. Um, people seem to, to rally around everyone. There's a lot more camaraderie. There's a lot of joking. And I think, uh, I think it's just going to be super exciting this off season and, and seeing what they put together for next year. Speaking of, of which I, I just had this, this feeling that there's probably going to be uh, impending free agents that will be surprised that are sticking around and will be surprised by some people leaving at the same time. And I think we have to be grounded in that. Um, I, we, right now, we may think like, "Oh, that player is going to go automatically." We know that, eh, maybe not. I don't. I don't know what what the plan is for for Shane, and we'll never truly know. I mean, I guess we'll have a better idea when we see what kinds of players start coming in and start leaving. Um, how he really wants to build this team, because right now it's not his team yet. It's not even close. It's starting to get there, but it's not there yet. I mean, he couldn't sign anybody other than, you know, I think Lewinsky was the only person, or there was two players he signed to a, a more than a one-year deal because there's no cap space. So, yeah, I mean, 100% Colin. And if we want to just look at who the free agents are, I, I only wrote down the notable ones. There's a couple other guys, you know, Marcus Johnson and Justin Ellis who can get shot into the sun after how he played against the Eagles, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But uh, Barkley, Jones, Slayton, Gates, Feliciano, Jihad Ward, Fabian Moreau, Richard James, Julian Love, and uh, Sterling Shepard. Um I don't know who ends up coming back on. You're right. Um, but in my mind, I, I, I do would love to see, you know, at least Nick Gates come back. Um, that's uh, Daniel Jones. I, I don't really know anybody else that I, that I really care. I mean, I love Shepard, but you know, you don't pay a guy to, to be a locker room presence. You pay guys to make plays in the field. 
Same with Jihad Ward. I mean, he's just the defensive version of Sterling Shepard in that regard of being, you know, the leader, but doesn't perform that super well on the field either. All replaceable. Um, and, 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 you know, easier to get younger too at those positions. Those are both guys at the tail end of their career. I don't know, man. I mean, should we talk about that Barkley contract today? Yeah. That came sure. out? Yeah. He turned well, down 12, is, 12 million yeah. a year. Which, I mean, that is a report. Who knows if that actually happened? It wouldn't surprise me. Um, and granted, that's what you're going to do. You're, his agent's telling him, you got to shoot for the stars. You're a world-class talent. You had a, your career year. You showed you came back from a, a catastrophic injury. Go tell them that that's not enough money. I don't even fault him for that. What I would fault us for doing is possibly taking him up on that. No, he needs to walk. Um, take the emotion away from it, like we said, and let him test the waters. If someone else wants to give him a big contract, so be it. It's been, you know, it's been serviceable. Thank you, Saquon. I feel like he's going to look really good, like in an Atlanta Falcons jersey next year. It, yeah, something like that. Ah. But if we just if I, if we look at the numbers, so that twelve million would put him at tied for seventh um, overall contract. Ahead of him would be uh, McCaffrey. Zeke Kamara, Cook and Henry. Zeke and Kamara make fifteen million. Cook and Henry make like twelve and a half. Like, I mean, do you think that they try to just offer him somewhere between thirteen and fourteen, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's only three guys ahead of you? Does that become more, you know, palatable for Saquon? I mean, he said he didn't want to reset the market, whatever that means. But does does that mean he wants equal to Christian McCaffrey, or is he willing to take less? Because if it gets to sixteen sixteen million dollars a year, you know, there's no way you're no way you're going to build a, a competent roster with as many holes as you have. Um, you know, dedicating that much money to a position that's, you know, easily interchangeable. And plus, you know, if you're going to sign him to a deal, it's going to be three, four years, five years, maybe. And, you know, running back shelf life doesn't every team that signs a running back to the second deal and it's, and it's expensive regrets it because, you know, look at all around the league. Dalvin cook hasn't performed. Tony Pollard is outperforming Zeke. Um, You know, Christian McCaffrey. Sure. But, you know, he's the focal focal point of that offense at this point. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just hard to uh, really say what they should do with him. Franchise tag is the answer in my mind. They might not even do that. I don't know. Just like hearing him speak, I mean, I think it, it said a lot in that uh, in that interview. Uh, you never hear that. You never hear players almost. The, usually, they're they're shooting for the stars in their their interview. But him and and even uh, uh, Leonard Williams said kind of the same thing about how they're willing to in so many words take the the team discount whether or not reports say otherwise is another thing but rarely do you hear that sort of thing which actually goes into the culture and how everything uh they want to be here so that helps uh, that's why i like the franchise tag for him because i think he's a high enough character guy where he doesn't you know hold out sure maybe yeah i mean (laughs) i don't know just between not like he had the worst game ever on Saturday or Sunday, but like just between last week and this week, I'm less inclined to even contemplate the franchise tag with him. I thought he was the only really person who actually showed up in that Eagles game. Yeah. And maybe him and like Andrew Thomas, everybody, nobody else showed up. Literally nobody on the entire team showed up that game, which was unfortunate. It's a bad time, you know, to have your should be all pro defensive tackle sitting next to, you know, your former pro ball defensive tackle getting bowled over by a 35 year old center all game with the gigantic running lanes. It was 
it was sad to watch <laughs> in my opinion, but you know, it is what it is, man. You know, the talent gap is wide as Shane said before, you know, should we, uh, should we, should we do some Eagles here or do you guys got a little bit more about the off season or whatever? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I would just say about Saquon and, and generally those, those last games and the, where we sat uh, sort of viewing the team, like before we played the Eagles this week, we played Minnesota, Indianapolis, Minnesota. Well, those aren't good defenses. Um, and, and, you know, the, we we looked pretty great against them defensively, offensively um, also really good, but like the, the Saquon matter, he, he had how many games? One, two, three, four games where he rushed over a hundred yards. Um, he had some good receiving games. Uh, I think his highest receiving yard total was 56 yards against Minnesota last two weeks ago. Um, but you know, he, the, the last time he rushed for over a hundred yards in a game was against Houston and his high rushing yards were against sort of crummy teams against Chicago, Houston. Um, he had 84 against Minnesota, and I guess the outlier was Tennessee week one where he had 164 yards, but it wasn't like he was putting it to stout defenses really. Um, which, you know, is a reason why running backs don't matter is because it's not, <laughs> not really how good you are or, or should be. And, and we've also seen, I'm, not, I'm sure you guys have seen it on Twitter recently, but I think it was maybe um, Dan Schneier that was putting up the videos of, of Saquon sort of losing a step or two compared to earlier seasons where he was in the open field and just not blowing past people as he did in the past. And that's not his problem. That's just what happens when you get older as a running back. Like this is the cliff that they fall off of. Um, and when you're rebuilding a team from scratch, you obviously don't want to invest too much money in, in the running back. Uh, he's a good dude apparently, but he's easily replaceable. Um, and I don't think anyone should be sacred on this team aside from like, Dexter Lawrence, Dory Jackson, and Andrew Thomas, um, and like the early draft picks from this year. Yeah, Kayvon. But yeah, I mean, it's funny if you look at Saquon's uh, rookie year too. He caught like ninety balls, and it was yeah. almost like half that this year. So that was I was looking at through his numbers yesterday. I was like, well, that's interesting development in his career that he mm -hmm. you know has sort of waned out of the passing game. And I wonder if that has anything to do with you know the the, the blocking, which has always been something that he was uh, you know trying to work on needed to work on. I don't but know if yeah, that's improved that much this year. I think that's indicative of talking of, about it. Yeah. But I, I think that's indicative of a bit of, of him as a player. Cause as you evolve as a running back, most guys come to the league as guys that um, are powerful runners or can blow the doors off defenses. But as they get older, they evolve and become better at other aspects of the game, like picking up blitz coverage, blocking, um, you know, setting up, you know, blocks, setting up, um, screens all that stuff and you know I, I feel like he still he hasn't taken that leap uh he he was has good hands he's very athletic why isn't he running better routes why isn't he more of a threat wide receiving um why is he a liability in pass protection uh you know it, i think if you're gonna give a guy a ton of money at running back he has to be exceptional at every facet of yeah, being I mean, a running back that's, that's exactly it and it, he'd be foolish to not uh recognize that kind of thing and that part of his game. Not that he'd come out and say it, but like, you know how the business is. You know how this modern NFL is. Uh, it's not the Emmett Smith days anymore. You know, 
you're not going to get that workhorse guy, that Ladanian Tomlinson that you're going to run to the ground. Right. GMs, smart GMs yeah. just don't think that way anymore. He's also not owning teams like Emmett Smith and uh, <laughs> LT did. Yeah, like fair. He, he, those fair. guys just demolish people. Um, yeah. I was watching some Ladanian Tomlinson highlights the other day and man, he was so good. Yeah. yeah. People forget how good he actually was, you know, yeah. It was because so Adrian long. Peterson like came out like right after him and was like slightly better. So everyone mm-hmm. kind of forgot about how great Ladanian was. Ladanian was for longer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you going to go over to Ladane's house or? Yeah, my my girls at the crib. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, what is a handsome boy modeling school? Yeah, yeah. white people. Yeah, it's a great um, album. It's a good album. Yeah, yeah. great album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for you, that's a great song. Yeah. I don't need you. Love that yeah. one. Cedric on that on that album, right? Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the worst song is there's like a Jack Johnson song. No, that no, hate. that one's good. That one's actually oh, the good breakdown. One. I'm not a fan. No, I like that. That song, Andy and I would always agree that's a better version of the original version of the song. But anyway, I agree with that. But I yeah. mean, I just don't like the original song enough sure. to like enjoy the the remix. But either way, what, um, we can what talk percent about... of uh, Giants fans know Handsome Boy Modeling School? Zero. Well, if P- <laughs> if you, I'm sure people know who Danger Mouse is. Yeah, true. And then who's the other guy? Forget. Oh, um, else uh, Dan, Dan the Automator. Dan the Automator, exactly. People know who they are. They just don't yeah. know about like that one collaborative album they made in like the early 2000s. <laughs> Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel you can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN when you sign up. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championship game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, guys, Eagles. Um, 38-7, it sucked. I didn't really like it, but, you know, um, I don't know what to say. Uh, I mean, go what, Actually, let me ask you a question, guys. What was the game? What was the Giants' game plan going into this game? In, in your opinion, what so was it? It's, I'm very happy you you asked that because from all of the other weeks that we watched this coaching staff go through this entire year, it was the first time it looked like there was no game plan whatsoever. To the tune of just on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Landon Collins and Cordell Flott not touching the field once the entire game. What was the game plan? I don't know. It was bad. I mean, I know what the Eagles' game plan was, and Kick it was our ass. It was like, the wow, earth. the Giants have the, the 31st rated run defense in the NFL. Let's just run the ball. And they did. Do you, when was the last time you saw a team put up five touchdowns and their quarterback had 150 yards passing? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Couldn't tell you if ever. 268 yards in the ground. Kenneth Gainwell averaged 9.3 yards a carry. Miles Sander 5.3 yards a carry. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, no, like I said before, that you know, the defense didn't show up. The highest rated guy on the defense was Justin Pinnock with like a 65 yeah. on PFF, which oh. is 
you know, out of a scale of a hundred, because to show you just how poorly everybody yeah. really played. Um, you know, I, I think what, what really happened was basically they got up three scores and the giants gave up. Yep. That's it. That, that, that Bradbury pick was the moment where everyone gave up. Done. Yeah. And that was it. I mean, a, a couple things. I, I think defensively the game plan was bad. I think to an extent Wink must have felt like he's got all his guys back healthy. Like now he can run a Wink style defense and be successful. Um, but no, I also think that realistically, I th- the offense we've been running, while interesting and 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 uh, has cool wrinkles in it, and you know works to the best of our offensive's ability, it is still a fairly streamlined offense. It's not relying on Daniel Jones to make complicated reads um, and pick offenses apart. It's asking him to react quickly and make the easy play. And when you're playing a defense like that, they're going to take away the easy play. Uh, I think that's what that interception, the Bradbury interception was. There was a, I think someone blitzed another corner blitzed Jones is like, Oh, I'm going to throw where that guy blitzed from. And Bradbury being smart is like, he's going to throw it where the guy blitzed from. And I'm just jumping in. Um, a, I mean, Bradbury made a, made a really good play. Yeah. I thought, you know, he baited Jones really well. He knows yeah. Jones. They were played yeah. together. So, I mean, yeah, you got to give Bradbury the other a lot thing, of credit for yeah. that. But really to put it to you guys another way is, is there one thing that the Giants do better than the Eagles on any facet, any position no. group, any any uh, aspect of, of the sport? Uh, no. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I have one. What is it? Long, long snapping. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. Casey Kreider. Said... He was the, actually he was the best guy <laughs> on the field. Better fans. Oh well, yeah. No, on the field itself, we're talking. Oh, you uh, want yeah, to talk? No. You want to talk scumbags? That's a city uh, full of them. <laughs> Joe Shane is more handsome than the GM. Howie Rosenbels. Yeah. Howie also, Rosenbels. can we please? It, I'd be remiss not to bring up the fact that uh, public enemy number one, King Scumbag Nick Sirianni, for the next ten years. I, I hate <laughs> that guy more than anything. <laughs> yeah. Really don't like that guy. No, I don't. He looks like a dirtbag to me. Probably is, man. Yeah. Probably is. But yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was looking at some of the touchdown drives that the Eagles are running, and it was just like eight runs, nine runs, three passes. I mean, they ran the ball 44 times and passed the ball 24 times. It's just, it was just a wild thing to watch them do whatever they wanted on this defense. They basically had no resistance. I don't know exactly what Wink was doing because when he did blitz, it, it was working, but they just sat in back in zone like the whole game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it worked against the Vikings. I guess he thought to run a similar thing, but you know, and and, and on offense, they you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what what they were trying to do if they were trying to do anything. <laughs> they well, just should have stuck to the ball on the ground. Is what they really well, should have done. If there was any game that uh, really drove it home, how piss poor our linebacker core is, oh, it geez. was this one. Oh yeah. So I think it's possible. You know, since we actually have a GM that has a brain in his head, it's it's slightly possible we might draft our first linebacker in the first round since the Beezer uh, Brigade. Yeah, since, uh, since Carl Banks. So let's hope I'm that uh, 
that might be. You can say uh, you can say the same thing about the O line because I think there were moments this year where we were like the O line is better, the O line's getting better because it was so atrocious the past few years. But if you really look at like this game, you know, five sacks they gave up. Jones was harassed all game, and I mean, if you look at this off season, they really haven't fixed anything. If you look at what we have, we have the you know arguably the best left tackle in football. That's amazing. That's a great place to be. Evan Neal had one of the worst rookie seasons I've ever seen in my life. He better, you know, get training like today. Like he should have, he should have gone training after the Eagles game was over. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. And then Nick Gates is a free agent. Feliciano is a free agent. And you have Glowinski on a one-year deal. So you're basically right back where we started. (laughs) Beginning of the year. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Andrew Thomas, we would have said had the worst rookie season we ever seen at a left tackle. I think Evan Neal was de- Evan Neal seems like he's gotten worse <laughs> yeah. throughout the year, yeah. as opposed to Thomas, who did make strides and have small regressions, but overall he had like an arc going upwards. And I don't want to say, but then Evan year Neal's two he had a massive great. regression. Like I don't know. It's I'm not going to say Evan Neal is a bust or anything because it's way too early no, to tell. We're not there, but yet. you know, it, it was just uh, it was difficult to watch yeah. at times this year. I do, I do think this draft is deep at interior offensive linemen, though. There's a lot right. of good centers and a lot of Perfect. good guards. Um, and, again, we're going to have a lot of money to spend uh, on those positions if we need to. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too worried about the offensive line. Other, other positions worry me moving forward. But, I mean, are, are we done talking about the Eagles or are we, are we moving on? Yeah, let's move there on. Really There's not a lot to say. We outclassed in every facet of the game. Yeah, It wasn't close. We shouldn't feel bad about it. You know, the Giants should have been, you know, based on talent, a five-win team. Yeah. Um, so it was gravy. And I think people are excited moving forward. There's there's excitement in New York City. There's excitement in the stadium. Uh, we can feel confident in our front office and, and coaching staff. Hopefully people don't get sniped too hard and leave the team. I'd like to keep Kafka another season. Um, Wink should stay. I don't think they I don't think he's going to get an offer. I think people just love interviewing him. Yeah. Um but uh it's all good and I'm looking forward to it. I I am fascinated to see how free agency goes. I think yeah. that's going to be very interesting. It's be cool to be a player in free agency. Well, I think yeah, not a, like a literal player, like a player in free agency. To like actually yeah. be able to do something with someone with a brain, not give yeah. all their money to Probably be cool to be both. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. It might be a little nerve wracking for a, for a player's perspective, but it depends on how good you are, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. If you suck and you know, you're well, even the worst player in the NFL is, you know, a far superior athlete than all three of us put together. So yeah. even if you're bad in the NFL, you know, you might, you might be nervous that you won't get another deal, but if you know, you're Saquon Barkley, someone's going to sign you and probably pay you too much money at that. So, yeah. you know, but uh, I wonder guys, you know, heading into the off season, I mean, we already mentioned a few positions, but, what what else do you really think the Giants really need to be targeting? Whether through draft or free agency. What's your wish list? Well, do you uh, want to start with free agency or draft or, or is it all? I think all we can pro- just kind of just yeah. do, a, you know, let's just broadly talk about the offseason because there's a lot of weeks before the yeah. season let's starts. see if we can so. prioritize position groups for, yeah. I think, I think we'll, like, we can all agree on the groups that we need, but let's see if we can get like one to five or something like that i i would love a dominant center okay yeah so we need interior interior offensive line yeah i think we need interior defensive line agreed i think we need cornerbacks cornerback wide receiver linebackers and wide receivers that's it that's that's it that's what i think too so out of those five 
what's the number one need? And think about it. I guess this, this is where the draft or free agency comes into play. So positions of value towards the top of the draft, if that's what we need, I think we're looking at cornerback Agreed. in the first round, Agreed. especially with drafting 25th. I don't think there's a, a wide receiver that we like at that spot. Um, and then I don't know if, if you want to maybe offensive line, if there's, if, if like a, like a Quentin Nelson type guard emerges or something like that um, at the end of, you know, 25th, like that, that might be nice. Yeah. I mean, if you or can get a, a guy defensive interior defense alignment or, or defensive end. start on your interior line for a decade, you do that. Yeah. But I think in terms of, you know, what you mentioned before position value yeah. in, in the draft, you go cornerback because yeah. they're make the most money. And, you know, you could never have enough cover corners on yeah. your team. And the Giants, you know, probably let Moreau walk. Aaron Robinson will come back. He didn't particularly excite anybody at the beginning of the season before mm-hmm. he went down. Obviously, coming into another season, you have more time to, you know, prep and, and get your football yeah. IQ up and all that. So we'll see how he goes next year. But, I mean, you definitely need someone across from Adoree Jackson, 100%. What about someone across from Kayvon? I think that's I mean, a discussion. I, I like Aziz. Uh, he's under contract. He's not um, healthy. He hasn't been. Yeah, it's true. I mean, if if there is a you know what could be considered a dominant pass rusher there, then yes, you do that because I mean a three man rotation at at edge is is nice too. Or you go de- I mean, if I like you know Dan, you brought up before that Leonard Williams um probably is a is a cap casualty. So I think you know interior line is super important, and you also are losing, like I said, Justin Ellis, and then uh, hmm. who's the other guy? Austin Johnson is leaving yeah. as well. Uh, I would think even if we keep Leonard Williams though. We have a thin, you know, front front four. I think you need more more bodies there as well. Anyway, I mean, Eagles exposed that once. You know, though, especially you know, not particularly Dexter and Leah didn't play super well, but like once they were off the field and you had yeah. the backup set, that was much worse. Yeah, if, if they're deep someone, too. The Eagles. I, I said it already, but I, I think speaking of of stopping the run, I mean. You're just watching the, the, the 49ers the other day. What's that that middle linebacker, Turner? Guy, Fred Warner? Fred Warner. Oh, that's it. Warner. Yeah. Yeah. Between covering everything on the field and stopping He's every run that's coming up yeah. the middle. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with targeting a, a linebacker in the first round if he's there. You know? They've had some some great success in that team of finding Always. to play linebacker. Always. Poor, it sucked for them when that dude retired after, like, his second season or whatever. Patrick what was that guy's name? No, the no. white guy. He retired early. Yeah, Willis. Uh, Willis retired early. The, the white guy retired early. I forgot his name, but he looked Ballin, like he was going to be good. Something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um, Niners. Yeah. Let's go Niners, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Although sure. I am well, rooting for the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. Yes. For sure. No, actually, I was, I was telling uh, I was telling Steph to, uh, just yesterday, what I want for, for here on out is I want a, a replay of the Boomer Sias and Joe Montana Super Bowl, but the Bengals win this time. I would yeah. love to see. I just love Joe Burrow. I think everybody likes Joe Burrow. Well, yeah. I mean, he's he he had what was it? He only had three starters on the line in front of him, and they they were dominating. I know it's in the yeah. snow, but like Bills yeah. took a big old dump. <laughs> yeah, they weren't good, man. They were not no. good. It, that was oh. interesting. I think you know they had just had a bad year. I mean, Josh Allen might be banged up or something. He mm-hmm. must be because, or or maybe he's he's getting in his own head. I mean, he saw Diggs yelling at him on the sideline. Like, what what's going on there? Diggs does that though. That's that's he, he's very emotional. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't put too much into that. Mm. Oh, you know, my favorite player in the Forty Niners is Mafunga. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a fun name to say, sure. Mafunga. My brother would like that. Um. Anything else tonight, guys? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think we can we can enjoy the rest of uh, the playoffs here without worrying about uh, you know getting our emotions in, involved with it, and then quickly go into the off season. And let's hope that uh, time flies to free agency because that's going to be a lot of fun in March. You know, man. Even though the season's over, the off season is arguably more fun at times. So can mm-hmm. be, especially now when it's not just full of dread. Yeah, you know. I know, Colin. You did a, a mock this morning. Who was your first round pick again? Oh, uh, let's take a look. I remember here. who it was. It was I Joey did, like, Porter. Joey Porter yeah. Jr. Yeah, which I thought I was like, all right, cool. And it was, you know, speaking of what we were talking about with cornerbacks in the first round, I just I thought about all of the times we were in like like 18 to 27 and just the amount of corners that go in that spot. I was like, Mm -hmm. this makes sense. Mm -hmm. Apparently he was really good in college. And plus the pedigree is pretty sweet. Hopefully he's as as tough as his dad is. He's a, he's a physical freak. Yeah. Like he's a little raw, but he, uh, his measurables and and speed and strength is, is probably the best from the position, but he's not as polished as the other guys. Oh, sounds like dad uh, was a scary man when he played. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To say the least. Yeah, no, he's. I've taken him. I did like four mocks today as well. Yeah, I've taken him a, a lot in the first round there for sure. You know who I saw today was uh, I told Colin this earlier, but uh, I saw BJ Ojolari. Oh, yeah, in a mock. He's an end, he's his right? younger brother. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, he's an end or, or he's an he's an edge rusher. Yeah, it is. that would be interesting to have the brothers on the team. Do you guys remember the last time uh, two brothers were drafted by the same team? No. It was the uh, Griffin brothers or Griffith brothers in Seattle? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Sha- that Shaquem makes sense. And uh, Shaquille and yeah, Shaquille, yeah. except only one of one of the guys, one of the brothers uh, was missing a hand. Yes, he was. He's not in the league way. anymore. I, think. I think one is still in the league and one is out. Yes, yeah. The guy with no hand is not in the league anymore. Yeah, he played it a lot though. Yeah, he yeah. Did. No, he did. Yeah. He had a shot, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just an amazing kind of story to even get to that level, missing mm-hmm. a hand. Your professional mm-hmm. football player and a and a cornerback at that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Wow. Were, were they from UCF? Or I forgot. What they went to Something like that. I forget. Yeah. Forget. Um. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening tonight. Please follow Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can follow us, BBU Pod Boys of the Z, on Twitter. And don't forget to download the DraftKings app. Use promo code TPPN when you sign up. Have a good night. Goodbye. <laughs>